If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals, chief goals. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle broadcasting here in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine. Today, TJ, we're going to be asking, is it time to take the risk? But before we do, let's check in with our friends over at Shot Tracker. What gets measured gets done. If you don't know that, check out our friends at Shot Tracker. They're measuring everything, and everything is getting better. You got to, as coaches, um, I, I can't tell you you have to measure everything, but if you want to get done, you got to measure it. And what are you measuring right now? Practice, games, whatever. Pick up a new stat to measure. Go check out what they're capable of measuring so they give you some ideas of what your team needs to be measuring to get better analytics is the way of the game now and you got to stay with it and i'll give some shout out to shot tracker i just saw recently on their instagram that they uh, outfitted the famous fog island field house in kansas they did and i think uh, kansas state's coming up they've got i think four big 10 teams really now. yeah i mean that's just speaking to the the change that you just mentioned about where analytics are going you know like these high-end programs are looking at it and they're saying we can't function unless we know and we want clear concise accurate data on everything yeah. and but shot trackers being able to do it in an affordable way even for high school so check it out absolutely our friends over at shot tracker appreciate them so tj today we're going to be asking the question and this is one i think uh will be interesting discussion for a lot of coaches listening when is it time to take the risk I think there's no worse place than to live, at least in professional ranks, to live in a state of mediocrity, right? Where you're, you're not uh, chasing, you're not really chasing the championship. You're not at that tier, but you're also not down at the bottom tier where you're collecting high draft picks, but you're just kind of floating and living in the middle. And this episode is being kind of position and inspired by a recent move by the Washington Wizards. Everyone who listens knows that I'm a Washington Wizards fan. Well, we recently signed Dwight Howard. And I've said on air before, I'm not necessarily the biggest Dwight Howard fan. There's something interesting and mysterious that goes on with Dwight that he just never seems to be able to stay where he goes. And teams don't want him despite the fact that he's a freak of nature physically and has potential and puts up great numbers. But for some reason, he's been on like six teams in in six years or something crazy like that. But there was a headline, that position that said, this was the absolute best move for the Wizards. They needed to take the risk. A risk that will either propel them to another level or propel them into a rebuild. But they needed to take the risk. I think about that. The Wizards, kind of in that middle ground. We're not at the top tier. We're not at the bottom tier. All right? Uh, A talent like Dwight Howard, if it were to work out, if it works out, John Wall's never played with a center of Dwight Howard's stature. You could argue Dwight Howard's never played with a point guard like John Wall. Not even in his L.A. days. Steve Nash was injury kind of towards the end of his career. He wasn't the type of player. John Wall makes big men more valuable. He's able to drive and dish and, and serve it up for him. They have the potential, and Dwight has the potential to help take this team that's a third, fourth seed and maybe make them a second seed in the East and really flirt and contend. But it also has the potential, TJ, to blow up in their face. And it could get really ugly. 
And if it does get really, really ugly, it may cause and create a rebuild, which is almost exactly what this program needs. It was time to take the risk. They had to shake it up. And I think about teams right now all across the country. Is there a bold move that needs to happen in your program to shake it up? Is now the time to take the risk? TJ, let's talk about that. When is the appropriate time to take the risk? Have you ever found yourself in moments where you said, I need to just shake it up? I need to do something bold because we're just coasting right now and we're not, we're not growing, we're not you know, declining, we're just, we're just coasting and something has to change. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Lee, that's, I, when I think about it in the terms that you just shared, I mean, I'm, I feel bad for you as a Wizards fan, first and foremost. Because <laughs> you don't think it's going to work out? Uh, we've tried this experiment in Atlanta, <laughs> and uh, it was the last straw of the debacle to rebuild. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is really sad um, in sports is that it's, it seems to never be good enough. You know, and, you know, people have a hard time, like, valuing long stints of just being really good. But, you know, like, I mean, for instance, let's just take the Utah Utah Jazz. Should they have blown it up? Should they have gone a completely different direction? Should they have, you know, they were right there, they were right on the fringe? I think it was a great team that had a great, uh, you know, run. They just couldn't win the big one because of somebody else being that much better. And, you know, I, I think that um, – I think Atlanta is that same story. Hell, I mean, hey, listen, it was sad. We've struggled for a lot of years. Then all of a sudden we got back. Yeah, I mean, when you had Horford and Millsap won and the Corver, East. Yeah. We won the East. And then we immediately started to ship off a couple and go for the fences and fast forward three years, and we're by far the worst team in the league right now. But, see, when I look at it like a Dwight Howard, I agree with that. When you look at it like Dwight Howard last year, 16 and 13 – uh, two blocks. I mean, these are numbers like the Wizards have never seen. Risky. But at some point, you've got to take a risk. You've got to take that risk. You've got to take that gamble. At some point, you hope, you pray that a Dwight Howard, just using him as an example, TJ, will come to a, a point in his career where he's like, all right, I've got to change. Like, I, I've just got to. Like, I'm running out of chances. Like, you hope that maybe the number of teams he's been in in the last few years are, are going to humble him, Right allow him to be more of a team player. You hope these things. Do you remember when he came to Atlanta, he cried? Because he was like back home, right? I'm back home. I, I'm changed man. I'm, you know, like I hate to be a hater, but did not happen. Did not show up that way. Did not take him long to be disgruntled. Um, not, a, not a joy to watch play the game. Um, yeah, I just. He didn't have a point guard like John Wall. But listen. I, I don't know. I mean, Teague, Teague was a solid point guard. He had Al Horford around him. He had good players around him. He had, I mean, he had good players. Teague no slouch, you know. Dennis Schroeder is not John Wall, but it's not like they didn't have anybody there. So, but, but let's talk about this even in, like, your, your world, in, in the high school yep. world, right? At some point, there's times where you've got to make some bold changes. Mm-hmm. What, what are you gauging, like, what causes you to evaluate and say, you know what, we, we've got to take the risk? Like, we're just where we are right now is just not going to cut it. I, I'm going to make a bold change, and you know what? It could blow up in our face, or it could really propel us. But that's the risk I'm willing to take because where we live right now is just not going to cut it. Like, and I, I just don't want to play it safe anymore. Yeah, I think this is the thing that happens every season. You know, you run the risk of just being mediocre unless you do certain things. Like, I mean, I you know I think Aaron was sharing with you yesterday, or sharing with somebody yesterday, that there was this turning point in our season. It was after we got beat 
116, 108 on the road, you know? And what we had done to that point, what we were doing to that point was crystal clear to me that we would not have a chance to be a championship team and win something unless something got blown up. And believe me, it got blown up. It got blown up in a hurry, you know, like as far as just like everything, you know, some of it good, some of it bad. She told you a story about I got up the next day, cooked breakfast in them because we weren't serving well enough. You know, we didn't do that. We got back into practice. I demanded a ton of them. Uh, we changed some things philosophy-wise midseason, which I really don't like doing. Um, I think when you sense that it's the ship is, you know, is headed down, you know, I think, you know, I, that quote I've heard before, you know, if you're going to jump off the mountain, you might as well try and fly, you know. And I think going after it, there's these moments where you know there's there's no way we can achieve what we've dreamt of achieving unless something drastically changed, and that's when I think you go after it. All right, I've got a question to kind of piggyback on this, and I, I think I'm, I'm intrigued on where I want to go with this, but before we do, let's say a quick shout-out to our friends over at Team Snap. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap for today's communication tip of the episode. Coaches, I've got a question for you. Would you understand you? Let me say it again. Would you understand you? As a communicator and someone who is around people, would you actually grade and score yourself a high grade as it relates to communication? If you were on the other side of your conversation, would it be easy to understand you? That's a question you may have never asked yourself, but I'd like to challenge you this week to ask yourself and evaluate, would you understand you? Would you enjoy listening to you? Would it be easy to follow the message you are communicating? Maybe the answer is yes. Maybe it's no. That's for you to determine. Coaches, this week, thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com. We appreciate all their support of the Hardwood Hustle and helping provide these communication tips to help improve us as coaches. That's TeamSnap.com backslash hustle for a communication app that will help change the game for you and your team. Secondly, thanks to our friends over at Shot Tracker. Make sure you check out ShotTracker.com to learn more about how you can finally get rid of all the pen and paper and no longer have to track all your statistics, all your analytics, because they now have a technology that will do it for you. It will bring in real time all high-level analytics, shots made, shots missed, breaking it down where on the court, at every basket in the gym, giving you full analytics so you can understand your team and your players better. But now it's all in an affordable manner available for you. So check out ShotTracker.com about, to learn more about their technology that is changing the game. TJ, how much, all right, to kind of go on the point you just made, how much does it depend on what your team's aspirations are? Because when you talked about blowing it up and really changing things, even in midseason, were you afraid because your team's aspirations are championship not just like making the tournament or not just making the playoffs but you you it's either winning it all like that's where your goal is you would have made the playoffs continuing the way you were going to go mm-hmm. right or, or so were you evaluating it based on i didn't think we could achieve what we were planning on achieving or or, or what or did you just think yeah, things yeah. were going that yeah. bad because when you say things are going bad like i, I want to keep it in perspective you weren't like tanking no. like not being able to win a game no i, I think that you gauge it or judge it by what you're capable of. That's when I feel like, you know, we are in drastic um, dire straits of not achieving what we're capable of. So we got to blow this thing up. Everyone's dire straits is going to look a little different. It is. Yeah. So, for instance, you know, if you have a, a rebuilding program 
and you're going to win seven games this year, and that's monumental for the direction you're headed. You don't blow it up to try and win a championship because you don't have the horses to do that, you know? And so you definitely don't. So I think the way that things are trending, like, you know, if, if things are trending up and you've got a long-term rebuild, don't make drastic mistakes. If you've got a team that's got a chance to win and they're about to graduate and this is the last hurrah, like I don't want to let it sail off in the sunset without trying to – to do something drastically different. So when's too soon, right? Like, like when, and, and this gets to the art of coaching, but like when's too soon, right? When do you think, oh man, you, you pull the trigger, right? Like no. you got to give it time. You got to give it time to come together. You got to give it time to develop. You pulled the rug out from it and made a big change before you even saw this all the way through, Yeah. right? How do you gauge that? Well, I think you want to make educated you know, guess slash decisions. You know, like I would love to know what the Wizards are thinking with Dwight Howard, he has a track record of it not working. Analytics tell you the back-to-the-back post player is not good. Go on, da, 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 da. like well, I'd love to somebody to come say what 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 is the win here? Like yeah, I'd love to know what that is because if you feel like there's a possibility of great return on investment, then go for it. But um, I think that uh, for the general casual coach. Um, coaching a team at my level, high school level, whatever, not talking to Wizards and $20 million salaries, whatever. Um, and I think you just got to – you've got to feel your team. If you don't have the heartbeat of your team, you got to know, is the heart is the heart pumping hard or is it barely surviving? And, and I said that I've given that analogy for is the rose taking up water or is it dead? Mm. You know, if it's dead, you got to do something different. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to knowing the pulse and uh, the heartbeat of your team for sure, TJ. I think about, like, the Wizards. At this point, they, we know the heartbeat of that team right like we've seen it we've seen it in action and i also think you you sense that if there's another faulty year if there's another bad year things are going to get ugly right like you kind of know that like all right this core if they if they can't experience success again together like the pressures around them internally it's going to get really really toxic and something has to change so for them, I know, listen, that's well, why it, yeah. it, 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 it is, blows my mind. They're talking about it's going to get toxic. Well, it has the, but oh, it, DC is the most combustible team in the NBA and, this year. And so you bring in Dwight Howard blows my mind. It, it's the risk. Let's also keep in mind the GM brings in the Dwight Howard because he's put himself in, in a situation where he had no other choice. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what happens when you make a lot of bad decisions. You've got to like make other decisions that aren't in your best interest because you're desperate. Yeah. Right. Because they don't have a center because they had to get rid of Gortat because Wall and Gortat weren't getting along. So they just, Mahimi can't be your starting center. So it's like, who do we have? And at that point, because you've put yourself in a bad situation, you're left with only desperate options. Mm-hmm. Dwight Howard is a desperate option. Thankfully, an inexpensive short-term option. So if it doesn't work, we only have him for two years. All right? It's not shortened. Well, the second year is a player option, which he naturally will take if this year blows up because yeah. no one else will sign him next yeah. year. So yeah. unfortunately, I was disappointed to see that. But I'm... Once again, I don't think you could just have rolled out the same cast of characters doing the same thing because that's when you begin to, what is it, insanity, Yeah. right? Like doing the same thing over and over and over but expecting different but results. But you know what the interesting thing is is like I, I, I wonder if it's worth it. Like is there any other options here? Like, you know, a long-term play. I mean, are you better off blowing it up because there's a great likelihood this thing is going to blow up? But do you know how long – I mean, when I look at the Hawks' rebuild right now, I mean, we're not attracting free agents. 
We didn't hit the lottery on the draft. Like, You've got three years or so. Minimum. Like, yeah. I don't even think it's – I don't. I, mean, I think it's – we've already been there before for 20 years. But, but that's where it goes back to knowing your team, right, TJ? Because we just gave huge, huge max contracts within the last two years to Beal, Wall, and Porter. That's your core. Yeah. You can't blow it up yet. You can't. This is such a critical year. This is the year that you've got to evaluate and say, all right, we, we've got to try to go all in. Well, that's Once again, try to go all in. Unfortunately, the only option to try to go all in was a risky Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. Without even a Dwight Howard, the next best thing is you're looking at Alex Len as our starting center or Jan Mahimi as your starting center. Then all of a sudden, you've invested three max contracts in this core and you, you've completely taken the legs out of the supporting cast, you've got nothing. So it, it's knowing it. But, but once again, it's just an interesting dynamic of evaluating when do you want to take that risk. I think it's a heartbeat. You just got to know the heartbeat of your team. Like, if you're hanging on to mediocrity, it's probably a good time to make a drastic change. You know, if you're just, if you're just floating in that place, like, I, I couldn't stand it. You know, all right, listen, we might win five, we might win seven, but we have a chance to win ten if we do so. I, I'm going after ten. Like, I'm always going after more. But I'm not going to be um, not going to be quick to do that. I think there's a, there's a level of patience to making sure you've, you've done due diligence to figure out how deep the problem runs. I think you also have to keep tapping back into the state of optimism. I don't know. And Sometimes I, think, I pe- see people live in that state of optimism. I know that I tend to be the other way, but I see people live in that. Well, it's going to get better. It's better at the end of the season. I'm like, really? Like, well, but I, I think using the Wizards illustration, I think a Wall, Beal, and Porter they leave last season three max guys, and they're not really optimistic. They're like, this isn't going well. Like this, I don't feel great about this. You go and get a big guy. Granted, a gamble, right? But also potential. And that's always been the thing with Dwight. Yes, potential, but also a gamble. See, I'd blow it up a totally different way. Now it, now it, like, it, it fires up this little spark of optimism in the guys this summer that's like, man, if we can get Dwight to lock into us and be that player that everyone's always wanted him to be, man, we have great potential. And maybe now that's the hope. I would have done something different. I would have gone after like a, a shooting forward, a smaller guy, and say we're going to play small ball. We're going to change up the style of play. We're gonna. We're not gonna have a true center. We're gonna play four guards and one forward. Like I, I would have done, and, and created that optimism. I, I would have. Yeah, I would have created optimism in a, in a different, more optimistic way. You're also very sour on Dwight. I am. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Which I don't get me wrong. Also, like, well, I know. I mean, I just think like you've seen this go downhill, and I've actually had a personal interaction like with him before too, and I was just like, really, dude? Like, you, you, you know, like that. I just, I just, you know. I thought you, you could you could do a lot better than that. Like you, you're too old to be acting like you're this cool, you know. Like you're too you're too old to be going down this road that a 19 year old goes down. And so I've had those interactions, and I was just really soured by the interaction, um, by that. And I think that's why it's you've seen it go over and over again. Like what team's been better because of him? I mean, besides the Orlando Magic early in his career, I mean, I'd say nobody. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you know, and what ha- happened in Orlando is the one coach that was giving him everything he could handle, and yeah, he threw trying, him under the bus. Yeah, threw him under the bus, and since then it's just been a train wreck. And he says disillusional things, like he's a three point shooter, and you know, just you're when when you know, like I've been around a lot of players when they're delusional, you know, and they have no like they're you can't help them that much, mm. and that's what I think he is. Like I think he has, I think his ability, I and I, you know. 
I, I'm hating on him, but I also I don't even know if you're. I don't even know if you're hating on him. You're just speaking the reality well, of his last five or six. But you years. know, but here's the thing: like as an as a growing up in Atlanta, he's in high school. Did he didn't go to college? Did you go to college? Nope. Went straight there, and from all accounts, like coming out of high school, this guy was a good dude. I actually yeah, God fearing man. And like, man so, somebody had once told me that he, his goal was to change the Jerry West logo to. A Jesus logo or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, a cross or something, you know. So, you know, he came out and he had these things, and you know, you, know, you read about the, the direction that he's gone. I don't, I hate to hate on him. I feel bad for him, right? I feel bad that maybe money and prestige and power have got him off this course. So I'm hopeful that he would change courses, right? I don't want to just be a hater on him, but if you're asking from a strategic standpoint as a coach, I would be very scared of what he's done, how he's done it. And knowing that this is what I'm going to get, you've got a pretty good sample size. Yeah, he's the biggest enigma in the NBA, without a doubt. Coaches, a discussion here on when is it time to take the risk. I would love to hear some feedback, as with TJ. Send us a tweet. If you've been in a situation where you pulled the trigger, you made a big, bold move, what led to that decision? What what did you feel in your heart as a coach that you felt needed the change? And, and what was the change and how did it play out? I'd love to get your thoughts and perspective on this. This is certainly not a one-answer-fits-all uh, type scenario, but important to discuss and continue evaluating. For my sake, I hope the Wizards pulled the trigger and made the right decision. Right, TJ is not optimistic about it, but you absolutely will hear how it turns out on the Harwood Hustle. So we will talk about this again you for sure. That, yes. Listen, I'm Adam. He is TJ. Together we are the Harwood Hustle. Till next time, we're out.